Walter bowls to the Hurricane skipper Ellis. Slower delivery. Plays it to mid-off. One run. Is that out? A run out? It doesn't matter. The Heat have defended the revised total. They remain undefeated. Massive crowd last night at the Gabbard. Over 27,000. Buff Lehman joining us on Sports Day. Geez, that was a nice finish last night, wasn't it? Yeah, afternoon, mate. Yeah, it was a good finish. A bit closer comfort, but uh, yeah, it was a cracking game. Great crowd and you know, a little bit under par, but having said that, I mean, the, the, the weather, uh, the wicket did a fair bit, so we would have liked a few more runs to defend, but it ended up being a cracking game. Yeah, well, in commentary last night, Casper and I were saying, we don't know if this is enough, and then all of a sudden, next minute, three for seven, you had the Hurricanes, some great bowling from Xavier Bartlett last night. Yeah, we were probably only 10 or 15 shy. It did seem all over the shop, and, and really when it wasn't raining, it was a hard, tough wicket to bat on. Then when it rained, it sort of skidded on and the ball got soft, so it was a lot harder to get the seam working. So really the rain helped them, if anything, and we lost the toss, got set in. So really a lot of things went against us, so that's a sign of hopefully a good side that sort of goes against the trend and, and gets across the line in those tough situations. So, yeah, everyone's really pleased with the result last night. Uh, uh, Hurricanes... You know, they could have won it, won one hit and they're, they're there as well. So it's been a close couple of games. Well, I changed my mind three times in the last over, Buff. I was on the heat, then the Hurricanes, <laughs> and then I was back on the heat for the last ball. Yeah, yeah, you're not bad, are you? You just <laughs> oscillate between the two, do you? Um, well, yeah, we, we, mate, we were the same. After the first ball went to six, and uh, Chowdhury being, uh, uh, yeah, plays great career here in Queensland, a good player. So... You know, he could have uh, knocked the win out of ourselves a little bit and we just got lucky last over. Paul Walter bowled beautifully. I thought Xavier up front was obviously the difference in the in the game. Uh, and then Mitch, uh, Mitchell Johnson, he bowls as fast as Mitchell <laughs> Johnson. Spencer Johnson was unbelievable in that second last over. Yeah, no, I've said it before and, and I've been criticised particularly by our Western Australian listeners, but... I think the Heat have got the. Well, I think the Heat have the best bowling attack. It's just so well balanced. I mean, the batting is great under your uh, guidance, but I think the bowling attack uh, for the Heat this year well balanced and very good. Yeah, we've got some decent variety, haven't we, with the two spinners as well, and you know, two left armers, a couple of quicks right armers, so you can match up pretty well against any batter you would like. So that's a good sign. You know, the benchmarks for the scorches. I mean, if there's yep. one thing they probably they don't have that. They only have the one legitimate spinner in Agar. Uh, then they they sort of have their mix and match their sixth bowler, if you like. So for us, it's more of a case of you know that variety we've got with six bowlers. We can attack it at different times in the game, and really the game can dictate what we do. The Scorchers proved on I think it was Friday nights. Uh, they are human. They lost to the Strikers at the Adelaide Oval. You've got them Wednesday night at the Gabba, and then you take them on. Uh, probably a couple of days later in, in Perth, you got your test stars coming back, Usman and Manus for Wednesday night's game. How do you how do you work out who you drop from the team when you're undefeated, Buff? Oh, that, that's a great selection problem, isn't it? I mean, two class players coming back in, so you know, we'll sit down and look at the wicket, look at the opposition as they normally do, and, and then we'll make some decisions from there. Uh, you know, Usman's our captain, so you know he, he'll be he'll be keen to get a score. And Mars played really well, so it's more of a case of who's uh, the perfect matchup for the Scorchers. We only get them for one more game, and then they're back, obviously, on Australian duties. 
So it's a great situation to have, really, to be perfectly honest. I mean, you've got some depth, and we probably haven't had that in the past. Hey, David from Kapalabar sent us a text here, Buff. He wants to know, he wants me to ask you, why didn't Swepo bowl last night? Too greasy? Yeah, too greasy. That's a great question. A lot of people ask that. It was just so hard to hold the ball. Uh, and, and again, that's the advantage of the makeup with the side of the, the extra bowler. You can actually not bowl him. If he, if he bowled, he would have had to bowl straight out of the rain break when the ball was dry. Um, but it was more of a case of the wicket was still seeming, so you had to go with your quick. So, great question. Um, but, yeah, that, that's the right answer. It's just a case of it's hard to hold the ball. Now, the Aussies play the West Indies in a two-test series, as you well and truly aware of, starting uh, next week in Adelaide, Jan 17. Let me put this to you. Would we not be better for cricket in Australia? Would we be better off not playing the Windies in a two-test series? I mean, it doesn't even... Two tests. I mean, it's not even... You can't barely call it a series, right? They're not sending their strongest team out. Wouldn't we just be better putting all our international players into Big Bash and just concentrating on that boof? Well, the test crew is still the pinnacle. From an old old man's point of view, my, my point of view, and the generations of creators will still say it's the, the pinnacle, and, and I think it is. Uh, the, the problem is some of the countries are not playing it that way now, are they? Oh, that's the problem, yeah. A substandard side. Uh, West Indies could have picked other players. You know, they picked some younger guys. So the, the problem with that is if Test Cricket dies, what's next? Uh, you know, just go back to franchise cricket. So we've got to try and keep Test Cricket really alive and well, and, and the big countries will do that. We've got to try and get the ICC to help the, the you know, the minnow countries, if you like, or the countries that haven't been as successful at it. Um, West Indies traditionally are very good at the shorter format of the game, and that's why they've leaned in that way. But oh, I fear for this test series. I mean, they've got young kids coming up against the young kids coming against men. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you're talking Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins, Lyon, but they could bowl them out cheaply four four games, and the games are over quickly. Um, and, and our batters will score a lot of runs against their bowlers. I mean, it's going to be one side of the fair, and that's. But having said that, the other side of the coin is Pakistan after the first test match actually surprised me. They played a lot better than I thought they could, so that was pleasing. I know, Pakistan, yeah, full credit to them, and that wasn't their full-strength team either, but, you you know, you're seeing the the likes of what's happening with the West Indies. We're we're seeing the South African team that's going to New Zealand. Is is it a case of that, you know, if you do not send full-strength teams, then you don't come out to Australia, or Australia, India, England, whoever, the top nations... Won't play you. Won't play you in Test cricket. I mean, are we? Should we look at a buff and go? You know what? Australia, England, uh, India, and and, and throw in New Zealand because they they always put up a good fight and take Test cricket seriously. Should we just be playing Test series amongst the four of us? It, the sad thing is, it might get to that. That's the problem, isn't it? Uh, I mean, the other side of the coin is you. you, you fans are starting to vote with their feet, aren't they? I mean, mm. big big bash attendance is through the roof. This year, all gone right, you know, the crowd attendance and watching on TV. So, I mean, people are starting to say, well, you know, we'll go to these games. So then you want your Australian players available. So it's a really, you know, interesting scenario where the world game's at. Uh, the bonus for an Australian point of view is always India want to come out. We'll always want to go there. Yep. Ashes will stay as is. So, so every two years, you're going to, you know, it's the two year cycle right now, we have Pakistan. West Indies, you know, next, you know, New Zealand. That, that, the, to be fair to New Zealand, they always put out a full-strength side. Their, their quality, yep. they have a have a crack in every format they play, so don't worry about them. Uh, but we only play them in two games normally. So yep. you're going to have two summers basically where it's tough. Uh, a big bash has got to be paramount then, uh, where the internationals got to sort of move around a little bit, I think. 
Um, and the other two summers, you know, internationals are, are huge because it's India and England. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, I can't wait till, uh, what, 2024, 25, when, when we've got India and then the following year we've got the Ashes. We've got a great, couple of great summers coming up. Just got to get through this one. Uh, Borf, who, who do you think will replace Warner? Is it is it the case of Smith will go up and open and, and Green will go into that number four slot? That, to me, seems to be what's been floated around today. Yeah, it has been, hasn't it? I mean, Smith's a superstar. If anyone can do it, he can do it. The transition from four to one. Um, and he obviously wants a new challenge. He's been, uh, you know, behind the scenes apparently quite keen to do it. I'd love him to stay at four. I mean, I love uh, Marner, Smith, Head, Marsh, Gary, four, five, four, three to seven. Uh, adds uh, Uzi in there and opening. I, I think it's perfect time to put a young kid in there. So, uh, you know, being from Queensland, I'd like to see Renshaw. Um, mm-hmm. But if they go on sheer stats and performance uh, and give state credit, the uh, state cricket the credit it deserves, then it probably has got to be Bancroft, doesn't it? He's played so yeah. well in all formats for the last few years. So, And then Harris has been the spare man on tour. So it could be one of those three. I, I, I think Green just has to wait his turn. I, I'm not against that. I think it's just Mitch Marsh has taken his spot and, and grabbed it with both hands, and it's just the way it is. So maybe Green's got to hold off for a little bit. That, that might be the hardest thing. But it might also be the making of him as a player. Yeah. Uh, you know, he... he, he he goes, well, I'm not playing because I just didn't do the things I needed to do to cement my spot. And that, he'll take his next chance with both hands. So I'd prefer a traditional opener. If you're going to do it, you do it now. Because uh, the West Indies is a soft series. Yep. Pakistan was, you know, their attack was okay, but it wasn't great, if that makes sense. So you probably could have done it then as well. So it's just one of those things. They've got to use it now. And, of course, we've got that two-test tour of New Zealand as well. So it's a, I think... I'm with you, Buff. I think it's a great time to bet in a new opener uh, ahead of India coming out next summer. No other test cricket all year. So uh, really good chance to maybe try something new over the next four tests. Um, you've, you've coached Warner through the highs and the lows. How would you describe the guy now that he's retired from test cricket, Buff? Well, he's one of the greats. Uh, I mean, in Australia, his record in Australia is unbelievable. I mean, a second run. The probably only question mark with him is his record in England and in India, isn't it? Uh, mm. You know, he, I think he averages 21 in India and 25 in England or something like that. But in Australia, he was unbelievable. So he's one of our greats in all formats. He, in the one-day format, he did score runs all around the world and T20s and won World Cups and won Ashes. So he's going to go down as one of the greats. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he, he would have loved to make 100. I think he had four goes at England, didn't he? Four, mm. four Ashes series. And didn't make like 100, it, yeah. that probably, yeah, it's a bit like a Dougie Walters, isn't it? I think Dougie <laughs> Walters did that as well. So he'll go down as one of the greats. It's probably only England that he missed out on um, and, and India. But, you know, he's, you're going to miss his aggressive, entertaining style, the, the way he puts the bowlers on the back foot. And that's what we'll probably miss at certain stages because most of our batters, apart from, say, Head and Marsh, who just keep going, most of them are more conventional at the start of their innings. So we'll miss that explosiveness, I think. Yeah, he was Stuart Broad's bunny, wasn't he, in England? <laughs> he got him a few times. Mind you, Stuart will get a lot of players out. Yeah, that's fair. Right. He's got a pretty good record. <laughs> yeah. All right, mate. Thanks for that Wednesday night for our listeners yeah, in, in Brisbane. Going to be a big game at the Gabba as uh, the Brisbane Heat take on the Scorchers. Uh, the Brisbane Heat batting coach. And you hear him on SEN from time to time. Uh, Darren Buffloom, and thanks for joining us on Sports Day, mate. Thanks, mate. See ya. There he goes. Good to get his insight into... 
to, to Warner and uh, his thoughts on who should be opening the batting for Australia.